how can people not have compassion? How can people let someone who can't walk and breathe sit alone after closing in an airport terminal, not knowing what's going to happen? Welcome to the Sick Mom Guy podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. Hi, this is Jen. We are supposed to be in the middle of an organizational series, but something's happened to me, and I wanted to be able to discuss that with you and see if we can really start a viral conversation about what's going on in the world of humans with disabilities. I've heard a lot of talk on social media about people being upset with so-called like able-bodied people. And I kept thinking, well, that's really silly. I mean, you know, why do we have to pick fights with everybody? Can't somebody just not have a disability and be okay? But then I learned yesterday what the struggle was like firsthand. And I want to share it with you. Also, I want to apologize for my voice today. It's been a really rough weekend uh, stress-wise. Part of it was fantastic. That was the part that I was with my daughter, but the parts at the airport were rough. If you're planning on traveling, I do recommend being wheeled through the airport. I've recommended that before when I've talked. If you get on an airline like Southwest, you are going to find that you are very well taken care of. Also, American Airlines has been good taking care of me. Those are the only two I've flown needing wheelchairs. However, I wanted to go see my daughter and I wanted to do it within a month and the cheapest flight was on United. So the deal with this special ticket was that I could have one personal item, not a rolling carry-on bag, nothing with wheels, nothing that was bigger than nine inches by 10 inches by 17 inches, which seems pretty small, but Ironically, I happen to have a bag that is exactly that size. So I took that bag, rolled up my clothes, because I was only going to be there for four days and three nights, and put them in there. I was so excited to go see my daughter. Oh my gosh. It's been 10 years since she and I have had time alone, because I've got a husband, and I've got these little kids now, and she's got a husband. And so when we get together, there's always all these people, which is great. We love these people. But I also love her, and I've really missed the connection that I've had with her in the past. And her husband was working this weekend, and it was just a great opportunity to reconnect with her. And she sent me her notes from her phone about all the meals she had planned. I have very strict dietary restrictions. She had planned some amazing and delicious meals because she's like this gourmet chef. It's amazing. And um, and the things that we could do that both got me out and having fun and accommodated my limited ability to move around. So it was just going to be a fantastic trip. And then I got to the airport. (laughs) My family dropped me off at the airport because, you know, they can't walk back with me anymore. And right away, a very sweet woman met me with a wheelchair. Right when I walked in the door, she saw my cane and she's like, honey, do you need a wheelchair? And I said, not yet, because I got to go talk to somebody because United wouldn't allow me to check in online because their deal is that if you're not paying to check a bag, you don't get to check in online. You have to go see a person. 
And my son-in-law, who works for another airline called JetBlue, that I highly recommend, they were also very nice to us, said, no, 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 you shouldn't need to check in. You already have your seat assignment. But they told me I had to check in and they had to measure my bag. So I went to the first person at the front desk at United and I said, you know, I'm here to check in. I've got this bag. I have measured it with a yardstick. I know it's exactly nine by 10 by 17. And I also have a second bag that I need to carry on that I realize isn't part of this ticket, but according to the Americans with Disabilities Act, I am allowed to take medical equipment with me wherever I travel and it doesn't count against me for any of the bags on an airline or on a train or wherever I'm going because I told the lady one machine, my BiPAP actually breathes for me at night and my second machine is a nebulizer and I can inhale the medicine that my lungs need with that. I've been needing that every single day. I shouldn't need to use it every day, but I'm waiting for an appointment with my pulmonologist so that we can address those issues. I also have this huge gallon size Ziploc bag with all this medicine that I put in there. So everything in the bag was medical. But the woman told me I was going to have to check said bag. And I said, well, you know, I cannot check this bag because if by chance it gets lost, I won't be breathing for very long. And I need to breathe. Using that BiPAP at night is what gives me and my lungs the break to keep going the next day and the ability to get out of bed the limited amount of time I do, which is out of bed and off the couch together is two to four hours a day right now. So I'm trying to get more out of the bed and onto the couch, but that's neither here nor there with that discussion. So the lady, I told her that I would not be checking my bag and she needed to let me get on the airplane. So she said, wait a minute, she went and got somebody else. And the other lady came out and I told her the exact same thing. And she said, you're going to have to check the bag. And I said, you know, I just, I can't check this bag. I get my carry, my get my personal item. I get to kick that on the plane. And because of ADA, I get to take this other bag on the plane. So she went, she said, hold on a minute. She went and got somebody and the man came out and he said, so where's the check bag? And I said, this bag can't be checked, told him why. And he turned to the woman. He's like, what's the problem? Let her on the plane because that should be what happens. So I got to the gate, got on the plane. Guy, the gate was great. Everybody was wonderful. The woman who was wheeling me was fantastic. She's like, do you want to eat? Do you need to go to the bathroom? She stood with me in line for food and did all this stuff and hung out with me for a little bit at the gate. I cannot complain about this woman. I wish I knew her name and what company she worked for, but it was great. But when I landed in Dulles, the rule is that you, if you're disabled or you need a wheelchair, you need assistance getting off the plane, you're supposed to let all the other passengers get off and then you can be assisted. And that makes sense because, you know, it's harder to walk through the aisles. If I need my cane, if I need a person helping me, I get that. So I'm the first one on the plane, but the last one off always. And that's cool. I can just, you know, watch a movie or whatever while I wait. But the problem was, they forgot I was there. So I kind of was chilling out on my phone because I don't want to just sit there. And I looked up and the plane was empty and the flight attendants were cleaning the airplane. So I looked back and I said, Hey, is my wheelchair up at the front? And uh, the lady said, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We totally forgot you were here. Let me go check. She checked. The wheelchair was there. I got on it. All was good. Except that, you know, I wasted an extra 10 minutes sitting on the plane because they forgot about me. 
But I thought, you know, like, okay, I can let this go. This was just not a great flight. Getting on, getting off, not great. I went and had the most fabulous time with my daughter. Spoiled me rotten. I learned what a poke bowl is and I absolutely love it. I had my first sip of bubble tea. I went to this fancy mall that's attached to a Ritz Carlton where they have like Versace and Gucci and all these fancy things. And I said, oh, can you put my wallet in your purse? And my daughter said, you won't need your wallet in here. And I was like, what if we find a good sale? But a good sale would be a pair of shoes for $700. So she was right. I did not need my wallet. But it was so much fun to go into those stores and look at those things. It's just not something I would do. And she made sure to walk me. I kind of felt like my little poodle, like my daughter had to walk me every day because otherwise I would have wanted to just sit there with her in the apartment. And she didn't let me do that. So that was good. She made me move. I had my cane. I could do that. And uh, then it was time to leave. And you know, it was really hard to leave because like I said, this is the first time in a long time I've had with her and I've had this much time and it felt really good. And I was a little down about having to go. So we get to the airline and my son-in-law who works for JetBlue, he was just getting off of his shift. So he came over with us and he said, you know, I just don't understand why you feel the need to check in. I'm telling you, you don't need to check in. And I said, well, you know, my email from United says I do and I can't get a boarding pass. And um, he said, no, 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 we're going to go to the kiosk. I don't care what your email said. You don't need to talk to a person. So we go to the kiosk. I enter all the things in at the kiosk. And it tells me I need to go talk to a person. So I went to talk to one person. And he's like, no, you need to talk to a United Airlines employee. I'm just behind their desk. Okay. So I find the United Airlines employee and I wait for her to help somebody else. She comes over to me and I said, I just, I just need you to push that button so it'll print my boarding pass. And she said, well, I need to see your bag. So I showed her my bag and I said, you know, it's exactly the right measurement, but I have this other bag, explained what was in it, which I've already explained to you. So I don't need to do that again. And she said, well, you know, you're gonna have to check this bag. And I looked at my son-in-law like, you know, see, this is what I'm talking about. And he just looked at me like he was so confused because he absolutely knows this is not how it's supposed to be. So I said, well, you know, I can't not check this bag. Went into the whole thing. And so she said, well, you're going to have to go talk to that lady. So she can see that I'm with a cane. I don't have a wheelchair person yet because at Dulles, they don't just meet you at the door with a wheelchair if you have a cane because they're really busy there. So that's understandable. So I went to the second person and, um, oh, and it does say on my paperwork and in the computer that I need a wheelchair. So when I get there, the people should get me one if there isn't one there. That just should be noted, which they did not do. The second person, I went over to her and um, brought her back to the kiosk. We did the whole thing over again. We had the same discussion again in which she told me I could not take my bag on the plane. And if I felt there was a problem with that, I needed to go over to special services. So, I got my bags and thank goodness my daughter and son-in-law were there because without being able to have a rolling bag, these are bags that I now have to carry and my muscles won't let me do that and breathe at the same time. It just doesn't work. So they carried their bags over. We went to special services and I explained yet again about my special bag and why I have to have it with me all the time. And she explained to me yet again that this bag needed to be checked. So we had a polite conversation about it because I know that you cannot speak negatively to people at the airport or you won't fly. So I was very polite and very nice, but very firm about the fact that I do need to breathe 
I need my machines so that I can breathe. So what she ended up telling me was she would give me my boarding pass, but it was up to the people at the gate as to whether or not I could take my bag or leave it behind. So she's not even telling me I might have to check it at this point. She's telling me I might lose all my equipment, which I know is false. And I know that when I get to the gate, if people are that ignorant about the rules, that I would just keep talking to more and more people till I got on the plane. But needless to say, it was stressful. So we got a wheelchair and the person takes me through security and they're pleasant. That's good. We get to the gate. People at the gate are fine. Um, I had some very nice passengers help me charge my phone because the charging thing wasn't working and they were so nice. So the passengers were great. We got on the plane and that was good. And the thing is, if you've never gotten on a plane with a wheelchair thing, it, it, it says it on your boarding pass. It says it wherever they are looking in the computer that they need to order you a wheelchair. So when you get to the gate, the wheelchair is waiting for you at the gate because the wheelchairs come from across the airport. And if you've ever been to Dulles, it's super huge, but thank God they had it waiting. But at Nashville, it's still big enough. Um, so we got, we got on the plane, had the flight, bumpy flight. I can handle that. I do not get sick on that. So that was good. A plane lands, get back on my phone, waiting for everybody to get off. And when I turned around, the plane was empty and the flight crew was cleaning the plane. And I almost got a little teary because I thought, you know, this is a lot. This is just a lot for me. And I really don't want to be forgotten again. All these battles are a lot for me to take in and stress impedes my health and help really makes it more difficult to breathe. Um, it just does. So I asked the flight attendant if my wheelchair was waiting outside to which she replied, oh, I think I forgot to order it. So why don't you just wait here for a little bit while it comes? And I thought, okay, that's fine. So we waited a few minutes and then she said, well, why don't you come up to the front of the plane? So I said, great, can you help me get my things out of the overhead compartment? Because the thing under my feet was my personal thing, and it was pretty light. But my machines are pretty heavy. So she did that. And then I said, you know, my cane is up there too. Would you mind grabbing it for me? And she did. And then she set the things down next to me. And I said, would you mind please helping me carry some of these things up to the front? Which she did. And then she walked away. And then a couple of minutes later, she came back and she said, okay, your wheelchair is coming down the ramp now. You can go ahead and get off the plane. So I asked her to help me take my bag and we got off the plane and there was no wheelchair coming. So I was in the jet bridge, like the little hall thing that goes between the plane and the airport. And there's no place to sit there because I'm right outside the airplane. So there's the two pilots, they're hanging out and the male and female crew member, they're hanging out. And then there's me. And then there's some other guy. He's this random guy. He has initials and something on his sweater or vest, sweater vest, whatever it was. Um, I don't know who he was or what company he was with because nobody introduced me to him. But we were all just hanging out there for a minute and the wheelchair was not coming. And the flight attendant who had been assisting me looked on her phone and she says, oh my gosh, our van isn't going to be here for 20 minutes. And they were complaining because that was like a long time for them to have to wait because it is. 
a long time when you're used to just getting off the plane and getting into a van, which I get because that's normally what happens when you get off a plane. You go get into a vehicle and go to your destination. So they decided they were just going to leave to get on this van that wasn't going to be there for 20 minutes. So the man, who I don't know who he was, but thank God he was there, grabbed a wheelchair that happened to be left in the terminal. He brought it down and he goes, and he goes, why don't you get in this and I'll bring you out to the gate. I thought, well, that's fine. So he can load up my bags on the wheelchair. We get up there. And by the time we got up there, the flight crew was gone. They weren't in, by the gate. They weren't in the terminal. They were gone because I actually had pulled up my phone to take a picture of them going ahead of me and being gone, but I couldn't even get the picture because they were completely gone. And I looked around the terminal and it was empty except for the man who was vacuuming at another gate kind of far away. So the man goes, well, I'm just going to leave you here and the other guy should be here soon. And then I started tearing up because I physically could not walk to the front of that airport. I physically could not drag my suitcase or my, my carry on and my personal item to anywhere where there's humans who could help me. And even if I was alone and I was screaming, the vacuum man can't hear me because he's on the end of their end of the thing and he's got a vacuum cleaner on. So he saw me kind of tearing up and he goes, okay, okay. I tell you what, I'm about to get off my shift. I'm going to go get out all my things. And if you're still here, when I get back, I'll start willing you up. And he left. And that's the point where I took a video which is on my blog, jenhardy.net slash blog. Can't miss it. It's on there. And uh, I took a video like full circle, 360 degrees of the gate I was at and the other gates near it, you know, cause they're all kind of open and there was no one, there was no one there. And they had just completely abandoned me. And I thought, now I know what ableism is. Now I know what it feels like to have a disability and suffer for it. Um, I've had problems before because I have a disability placard. And when people see me getting out of the car and walking to the cart that I'm going to lean on in the store, they assume that I'm fine. They don't realize that cart is my walker while I'm shopping. So, I mean, I get it with the looks, but I've never had an experience like this in my life. I've never felt so marginalized and so unwanted and discarded as I did sitting there at that gate. And I thought, you know, this is wrong. So I took the movie because I thought nobody's going to believe this. And I want people to know and I want them to believe it because this is wrong. We don't deserve to be treated differently because our bodies aren't working. If anything, I feel like we should be treated better, but definitely equal. I can't see anyone doing something like this. I mean, would you take a person who's blind and sit them in a chair and just say, just stay here? Someone might eventually come. And I've heard stories of that happening too. I mean, people do horrible things. Families abandon people because they don't want to deal with their health. I've had personal experience with most of my friends abandoning me because they can't deal with my health. 
and they don't know how to handle me when I don't look normal or I can't get up or we can't have a play date at our kids at the park. I just have to keep doing it at our homes because I can't get out and they get real frustrated with that. What people don't realize is that if they're frustrated having to deal with it an hour or a few hours a day or a week or a month, imagine what it's like for us to wake up. A lot of us wake up in massive pain where we can barely move. And we're either lucky enough to have pain medicine that helps us just get up and get moving, or we just wait until our bodies can handle getting up. We might have a cane or a walker. We might have oxygen. We might have an ostomy bag, or we might have a diabetic pump. So many different things that people have. They say that in the United States, one out of two people has a chronic illness. Chances are someone in every family is dealing with something. How can people not have compassion? How can people let someone who can't walk and breathe sit alone after closing in an airport terminal, not knowing what's going to happen? And sure, you know, you might think, well, where's your family? Well, my, I have a son that's two hours away from the airport, and he could have driven up. And I have another son that was working at that time. My husband could have woken up our young children and come to the airport, which is what it would have come to if I would have waited another 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm sorry. I just have a lot of feelings about this. And I want to do this podcast while I'm having the feelings. Because if you're listening to this and you understand what I'm going through, then share this with people who don't. Because I want them to hear what it's like and I want them to know. It doesn't take a lot to make someone's life easier. And it may not have been a flight attendant's job to push my wheelchair to the front of the airport or heavens forbid, to where I actually needed to go. But they were fully able-bodied young people. And any one of the four crew members that was there could have pushed me. And they chose not to because it wasn't their job. (laughs) So I just want to say, thank you for listening to this. I know my thing is chronically positive. And The positive that I'm getting out of this is I'm going to share the fire out of this thing. And we are going to go viral with this story. And we are going to show people the lack of compassion and care that their fellow human beings are getting. My body may be broken, but I am fully human. And so are the other millions of people that are dealing with this kind of thing on a daily basis. It's not just United Airlines. It's not just airlines or it's not just the travel industry. This is family. This is friends. This is neighbors. This is the people we see at the store. This is everywhere. 
And I ask you to reach out today. Reach out to someone. If you have a chronic illness or a disability yourself, reach out to somebody else who you know has one. Because you know, the chances are, they could be having a bad day today. And if you're someone without a chronic illness, reach out to somebody who you know has something going on and ask them what you can do to help them and follow through. Because they'll probably do something back for you too. We don't want to just take from everybody. I don't want to just take what you have to offer. Take your pity and your charity. I want to lend out a helping hand to do what I can to help you too. Because that's what people should be all about. No labels. No better than or less than. Just people. I had to take a little break there, but I'm back now. I just wanted to end by saying, if you're a mom or a woman who struggles with chronic illness or chronic pain, anxiety, depression, any of those things, and you want compassion and you want a group of people who you can talk to, who understands and where it's private, not on a regular social media site where your information is going to be taken, shared, sold, and you don't know what's going to happen with it when it gets put out, but you want a safe place. I'm starting a group on my website and it's called the Chronically Positive Moms Club. Chronically because we're chronic, positive because even though this life can suck, we're trying to keep it as positive as we can. And moms, because most of us are moms. But hey, if you're a woman that wants to join us, we've got some of you in there and you're all fantastic. We do keep it at women because women have just got some health issues that it feels good to talk about in private with other women. I'm just about to open up the group. If you go to jenhardy.net, you will be able to see it up at the top as a tab. You can click on it and join the list and know when we're open. Because I would love to get to know you better. And I would love to have you get to know some women who are not going to judge you and are not going to put you down and are not going to do anything negative just because you're dealing with this kind of crap. So thank you again for being with me. Thank you for hearing this out. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Go out and do something good for someone. And remember that you're loved. <laughs>